Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Alex Bowman is getting ready to put his name on the winner's board here at the Monster Mile. Alex Bowman up off turn number four, looks to Shannon Bednarik, sees the checkered flag in the air, and Alex Bowman wins the Drydeen 400 at the Monster Mile in Dover. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952 by Xfinity XFi, internet that's more than just fast. Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. And by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Woody Kane. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live. I'm Woody Kane, subbing in for Mike Bagley this week. On tonight's show, we've got Kevin Harvick's conversation with Mike about his season so far. We're halfway through the regular season now. Alex Hayden and Jeff Striegel join me to discuss some of the biggest storylines so far. We'll preview racing at Circuit of the Americas this weekend. We'll look at some of the new tracks on the NASCAR schedule, with Coda being the first, and much more. But first, Kyle Rickey is here to catch us up on the latest NASCAR headlines. Kyle? Woody, some Hendrick Motorsports history was made last Sunday at the Dover International Speedway in Delaware with a first through fourth finish for the four-car team. Alex Bowman claimed the win, while Kyle Larson was second, Chase Elliott third, and William Byron completed the four-car Hendrick sweep. It's the first time in Team Hendrick history that that's occurred, but something that Rick Hendrick had been hoping for for a long time. Every time you enter a race, you'd like to see him run one, two, three, four. But, you know, the, the, the feeling is, is unbelievable. It was uh, probably the longest last 100 laps that I've ever seen in a race just because I kind of wanted to see it so bad. The last time a single-car Cup Series team swept the top four spots happened in 2005 at Homestead Miami Speedway with Roush Fenway Racing. All three of NASCAR's National Series head to a brand new track to the NASCAR schedule this weekend at the 20-turn, 3.4-mile Circuit of the Americas road course in Austin, Texas. And there will be some familiar names in new seats for Saturday's NASCAR Camping World Truck and Xfinity races. Kevin Harvick will be driving for BJ McLeod in Saturday's Xfinity race. Paul Menard returns to NASCAR for the first time in two years as he will drive a fifth truck for Thor Sport Racing in the Camping World Truck Series event. 
And Austin Sindrick will make his fifth Cup Series start on Sunday with Team Penske. Our live coverage of Saturday's Toyota Tundra 225 for the Camping World Trucks is set for 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time here on MRN from Austin, Texas. Woody? Thanks, Kyle. Coming up, Kevin Harvick and later, Alex Hayden and Jeff Striegel. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. While Kevin Harvick hasn't started 2021 the way he or anyone else expected, it hasn't been a bad year. Mike Bagley caught up with the former champ recently. Coming up, we're going to some different tracks. Coda, for the first time in Austin. Nashville, Road America, the Indy Road Course. What are your thoughts about this year's schedule and some of the new venues we've got coming up? Well, I think they've done a great job with the schedule. And, and, and really, it doesn't matter if we're going to a road course or an oval. Just getting into, you know, the, the Nashville market, uh, the Austin market, uh, Road America, you know, having such great fans in, in that particular area that love racing and have, have showed up year after year for the Xfinity cars. You know, it's just, um, it's great to mix things up. People like new, fresh, exciting ideas. And, and you know, you look at the Bristol dirt race and, and you know, we've raced at Bristol for forever and you show up at the dirt race and everybody wants to talk about the Bristol dirt race. And it's still the most asked question. Um, you know, how is the dirt race? what do you think of the dirt race? I loved watching the dirt race. And, you know, I think as, as you hear that, I think you, you understand, I hope people understand the importance of, of mixing the schedule up, going to new racetracks, going to different areas, going to different markets. I just don't know that you need to keep going you know, to the, to the same places. If you go somewhere and it's, you know, it's a great event, it's kind of like Coda. If we go there this year and it's a great event and, and you say next year, we're going to go back to the, you know, the Texas Oval, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Or if we went somewhere else in, instead of Coda, um, you know, obviously it's probably going to be a great event and we'll probably go back there again. But my point is you don't have to go back. You don't have to go somewhere three or four or five years to, to kind of wear it out. Sometimes that, that one-off event is, fun and exciting and, and new and intriguing and all those things together before you even get there. It doesn't even matter how the race is because it's a great event. And, you know, there's a, there's a huge difference between a great race and a great event. And, you know, I think sometimes you can coincide the two to, to work together, but, you know, I think as, as you, as you look at a great event, the story is built in before you get there. And that's what happens when you mix the schedule up and, and go to unique and, and different racetracks. You know, that's interesting, the, the answer that you gave there, because it's almost like in the last couple of years, you know, this sport used to do things the way they did them because that's the way we've always done them. And then now we're doing things different. We're kind of branching out and trying this and that. Have you noticed that evolution and, and how on board are you? You say, you know, a difference between a great race and a great event. Should we do things a little differently now just because we can because what we've been opened up to, to maybe take this sport elsewhere or do things differently the way we've never done them before? Are you on board with that? Well, I mean, if you go back and listen to the Sirius XM radio show that we did several years ago, it was four or five years ago, 
I was in big trouble with everybody because I talked about, you know, how boring the, the schedule changes were and, and how uh, we needed to mix things up. And, and, you know, here we are mixing things up and going to different racetracks and leasing dates out to um, and leasing racetracks and using your date to go somewhere outside of Texas Motor Speedway. And, and so there's a there's a lot of things that are that are happening that, that you know, needed to happen. And I think when you look at COVID and you look at, um, you know, all the things that, that we've been able to try and been able to do and you look at the schedule changes that some were in place, some weren't. Um, and then I would, I would guess that the way that the schedule looks next year, you're going to look back at these last two years and you're going to say, man, those had a huge impact on, on, on the sport of, of NASCAR and racing, uh, just because of the fact of all the things that have been changed and mixed up. So there's, um, you know, there's a lot of exciting things in our sport. Obviously we have a, a new car coming, we have new venues and I, and it wouldn't surprise me if we, if we mix things up even further on the schedule next year. Speaking of driving careers, looks like your son Keelan is off to a good start. Where does where does he sit and where does he stand right now as a as a, a dad, also as a professional stock car driver? He's got it, he's got it made. I mean, he's got the best of both worlds right there. Where is Keelan in his driving abilities, and has he expressed where he wants to take those? Well, we're not even a year in, you know, and and this is another situation that that COVID changed drastically. Um, you know, for, for us, we were sitting on iRacing one day and probably two or three weeks into it. And he just looked over and he said, Dad, why? let's go ride our go-kart. Why, why haven't we been riding our go-kart? I'm like, well, I wasn't going to ask you. If, if you want to ride it, you can ask. I'm not going to force you to, to go ride it. And, and so we started um, at the end of May. We ran our first race last year. And, you know, I think as as we've gone, it's 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 kind of like everything that we do. Right. So he's he's willing to go practice. He's willing to go race. And if we're going to put it, if we're going to get involved in it, you want to get involved in it at the right level and put the right effort into it, because it's just like any other form of racing. If you don't put the right effort into it, you're not going to have the results that you, that you want. And, you know, then it's not going to be as much fun. So, you know, it's been, it's been fun to see him learn and progress. And, and, you know, I think, you know, from a father son side of it, that's been quite the learn and progress situation as well. And, and how, how hard you can handle things and, and how stern you can be with him and how he receives it. And, and, you know, for, for us, we overload him with information because technology and, and information is, is forever a part of this sport going forward. Um, so with steering traces and throttle traces and brake traces and um, all the information that comes with making speed and, um, you know, being able to hold him accountable for the things that, that he does, those are all things that he's going to experience. I know he's only eight, but that process, you know, needs to be embedded in his brain from the very beginning that, um, you know, you hold the wheel and you hold the pedals. Unfortunately for you, we can see them all. So if you don't, if you're not doing a good job, we're going to, we're going to call you out for it, but it's been a lot of fun for us. And, you know, really going through COVID and, and being able to do things as, as a family and race all over the country, like, like we have, um, has been, a, has been great for us and, and been a lot of fun to, uh, to experience together. And, and so we're, we're having fun with it. And, and I, I think as, as you look forward, we just continue doing what we're doing and, and, you know, between the, the go-kart and the dirt cart, um, he'll probably race more in the first year of his whole career than I raced in my whole go-kart career total. So uh, it's much different for the kids nowadays. So there's a lot of parents listening to you right now that want to do the same for their child. They want their child to be a race car driver or their child has expressed an interest in getting involved in motorsports. Nutshell, some advice bullets that you would give those parents about how to take your child, get them involved, and then try to get that career going, whether it's fast or how slow that they deem to. 
Well, the, the one thing I would tell you is, fortunately for us, we have a little bit of an unfair advantage in, in the way that we were able to go about things and, and connect with people and do the things that, that's, um, that we've been able to do with Keelan. So we're fortunate in that aspect because we've done this our whole life. You know, I think for somebody uh, from the outside, you know, coming, trying to get into the sport, there's, there's really no better time to get into go-kart racing than right now. It's as big as it's ever been in this country and mainly because of COVID and, and being able to, to get outside and uh, be with your family and do the things, um, you know, father, son, mother, daughter, whatever, whatever your situation is. And, and there's a local go-kart club or a regional go-kart um, series that, that is pretty much in, in every state. So, you know, with that comes the, the local racers that, that usually have a good network of people. And, and that's where I would start. Perfect. Appreciate the time. Uh, it's been uh, it's been quite a journey here uh, in 2021. Got a lot of target rich environments coming up for you, the Ford team and Stewart House Racing. We wish you the best to try to capitalize on those. All right, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Coming up, Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden talk midseason storylines. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. We are now at the halfway point of the regular season. 13 races in the books. 26 will decide who makes it to the championship four, or at least the playoffs, trying to get to the championship four in the Cup Series. And to help us break it down, Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden join us, the voices you normally hear in the broadcast booth for our coverage on the Motor Racing Network. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, Woody, how are you? Thanks for having me, Woody. Good deal. Let's talk a little bit about this season. I guess the easiest way to start is the guys who were dominating everything last year aren't so dominant this year. Denny Hamlin, for example, is whooping the stats page, but he hasn't won yet. Yeah, and he can say that that he'd rather be in the position he's in right now. And I can kind of see his point, given the fact that you're in position to win races. You lead a lot of laps. You're dominating some stage points, but the bottom line in this sport is about winning a race and, and, and Denny Hamlin needs to break through and get that win. I think the longer we go in the regular season without a win for Denny Hamlin in the 11 car, that might start playing on their psyche just a little bit, because I think they know they're running well enough to win, but for whatever reason, they just haven't done it yet. Jeff, the math is overwhelming and undeniable. Those two Hamlin and Harvick won 16 times a year ago. Haven't this year, but even that's not the full story. Well, I don't think it is the full story, Woody. I think you've got to add Chase Elliott to that mix. He was a five-time winner last year. You had drivers like Cole Custer and Austin Dillon that had wins last year. They're still winless. And I think when you add up the drivers today um, that had wins last year without one in 2021, the number is what, 23 or 24 unclaimed victories by drivers that were so dominant a year ago. Um, and, and Alex, I think you might agree with me that we certainly would expect to see Chase Elliott soon. You were just talking about Denny Hamlin. Kevin Harvick has been 
a top five car basically every week, but what it's going to take for those drivers to break through and finally get on that role like we saw last year. I don't know that the answer is out there yet, is it? I don't think so. I mean, you can be good and have a good race car every week, but at this level of NASCAR racing, and, and, and especially this the NASCAR Cup Series, the top most competitive form of motorsports in the world, you have to be great week in and week out if you want to have a chance to win races. So I, I think you're right. There's a lot of great drivers and a lot of great race teams that are good right now. They just haven't broken through to that next level to be able to get to victory lane. Ten different winners so far this season. You look at names we haven't seen there before, like Michael McDowell, Christopher Bell. But if you look back toward that bubble line, and that's where it's going to be all decided as we get down to the end of the regular season, you've got Chris Buescher, Tyler Reddick right above the cut line, Matt Benedetto, and Kurt Busch right below it. To me, that's where the action is going to be here as we come down the stretch of the regular season. Jeff, what do you think? Well, I think you're probably right, no doubt. Um, but I also think that cut line is going to change, and it would change with people getting victories like we were just talking about. Um, I think Kurt Busch uh, and, and Alex, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. You too, Woody. I think of those drivers that you just mentioned, of those four, Kurt Busch to me right now appears to be the strongest of those. I think the jury's still out as to exactly where Tyler Reddick is at. We see Tyler Reddick very, very good at certain tracks, and then we see him being so-so at certain tracks. But we just saw another good performance, Alex, by Kurt Busch. And I think that team, that whole entire organization is getting better week after week. I agree. Uh, it wasn't the best of starts to the year for, for Chip Ganassi Racing. Obviously, Ross Chastain is trying to get his sea legs as a regular in the NASCAR Cup Series, especially at that uh, race team with that good of equipment. But he's getting better. You can see the progress from Ross Chastain. Kurt Busch, they've had a rough start to the year as, as the number one organization. But here's of late, they've really come on. They were running really well at Darlington a couple of weeks ago and it got taken out uh, and, and wrecked. But they were there uh, at Dover. They were top five car most of the afternoon. Uh, faded just a little bit at the end. But I, I agree. I, I think Kurt Busch, Ross Chastain, Chip Ganassi Racing is one of those teams that's on the march. I agree with your assessment, too, about Tyler Reddick. Uh, Reddick has done a remarkable job. He and that eight car and that whole team of, of really fighting, scratching and clawing to get back into the playoff picture currently in now by 17 points after Dover. This is a team I think is getting better and better and better. And when we go to these uh, 750 horsepower tracks with the lower downforce, that seems to fit Tyler Reddick a little bit better because he's one of those drivers that likes to hang the back of the race car out just a little bit, likes to ride the outside lane. And that's the type of rules package that we have that, that will enable him to do just that. So I, I think Tyler Reddick is one of those that could jump up and surprise people and maybe our next first time cup series winner. And what I was just going to say, Woody, Go the, the one thing that we have to watch now among those groups is consistency because we saw, Chris Buescher have a really good day at Dover. But I think if you're going to be the driver that gets in above the cut line, you're going to have to be consistent. You might not need to be consistently great, but you also can't be inconsistent and have a good day one day and a bad day the next day. So I really think it's going to come down to 
the team and the organization that can really put together good, consistent runs now week after week leading up to the playoffs. To your point, Alex, about Tyler Reddick making a move at Atlanta, he was 28th in the standings. Since then, he's steadily marched back up to now uh, being, as you mentioned, 17 points to the good 16th after Dover. So he's having a good season so far, kind of quietly of late. And then Kurt Busch, he had led at this point last year 55 laps. So far this season, he's led three. And that's a big problem. That tells you that he's not – some of these other guys who haven't won yet are leading laps and being up front. But Kurt Busch has not been able to consistently, to your point, Jeff, do that so far this season. And that's got to turn around. The encouraging part to me for Chip Ganassi Racing is how well Ross Chastain has been running of late. And that should translate to Kurt Busch as well. Oh, I agree. Um, and like Alex just pointed out, Ross Chastain – I think we all recognized was going to be a very, very good driver at this level. We just sometimes come into it thinking that a rookie is suddenly going to turn the world around. And that's not fair to anybody. Certainly not fair to Ross Chastain. Uh, he has continued to improve week after week and he will get better throughout the remainder of the season. One guy who's been consistently good that we haven't really mentioned yet, William Byron. I think it's 11 straight top 10 finishes now. It looks to me like uh, Reunited by Peaches and Herb might be their theme song since he's back now with Rudy Fugel as truck crew chief. And all they did was win seven truck races together, Alex. So they are really have, really making a nice move this season. They, they really are. And isn't it pleasant to see the, the history kind of redo itself in a new way the number 24 with Jeff Gordon we were so used to winning races now here we are uh, the number 24 with William Byron it's just a, a reincarnation if you will he's already won one at Homestead Miami this year and you're right he just all he does is run at the front of the field and he's did it again at Dover uh, same with Alex Bowman who would have thought Alex Bowman would be the first multi-time winner at Hendrick Motorsports this season. Uh, nothing against Bowman, but that shows you the level uh, of consistency that Alex Bowman brings to the table and that entire race team led by Greg Ives. So uh, I, I think Hendrick Motorsports as a whole right now might be flexing enough muscle that they could very well be the best team in the garage, bar none across the board. All four cars are good, and our reigning series champion hasn't even won a race yet. Yeah. I heard Kevin Harvick say last weekend that he feels like Kyle Larson has been the fastest car all season. And the numbers might back that up in some instances, but a one, two, three, four finish at Dover is really stout. And after that race, when Bowman wins in the post race press conference, Rick Hendrick said, yeah, we're ready to sign him to a multi-year deal. So all is roses in their camp, at least for the moment. Guys, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we talked about a lot of the good. We'll talk about uh, some guys who may have some work to do coming up. We'll be right back. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Back on NASCAR Live with Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden breaking down the first half of the regular season with 13 races in the books. 26 make up that regular season to determine who makes it to the playoffs. Guys, we talked about 
many drivers who are having good seasons so far, but you got to look at the other side of the coin too. The one that jumps off the page to me from a year ago to this year, Eric Almarola. He actually showed some real speed at Dover, drove up to the front, but then the bad luck bug got him again, Jeff. Well, you're right. Um, I think that was going to be the best we had seen of Eric Almarola through the first 13 races. And Alex, I think you might agree. It was an interesting situation because just before he cut down that tire and hit the wall, both Alex and I had pointed him out going down the back straightaway. We, we kind of went, you know what? All of a sudden here comes Eric Almarola and you could just see him, Alex. It, it just seemed like they had just made a pit stop whatever they had done to that car had lit that car up. And all of a sudden we're talking about Eric Almarola. If memory serves correct, I think he started 28th at Dover, but you're right. Drove all the way up. He passed cars. Cause we had a lot of long green flag runs. He was passing race cars right and left and got into the top 10 before he had the, the incident there that took him out of the race. And when you look at his numbers, just one top 10 finish this entire year, that's un-Eric Almirola-like, let alone Stuart Haas Racing, which is a whole nother ball of wax. They're, they're behind just a little bit right now. But Eric Almirola, it's got to start weighing on him a little bit. It's got to start weighing on his psyche. He knows he's better than that. He knows his race team's capable of more than that. And they're in that danger ground here at the midway point of the regular season of being, uh, you can find yourself starting to get frustrated and start pointing fingers within the organization and within the race team and then get yourself in some hot water there, given the fact that the performance just quite isn't up to par. And if you start squabbling internally, you're never going to make any progress. What about the new teams that got so much hype before the season began? You know, Bubba Wallace goes to Toyota, backing from Joe Gibbs Racing, Mike Wheeler top the pit box, brand new team, all the backing in the world. They currently are 21st in the standings. Daniel Suarez goes with uh, uh, Pitbull as part of his team right now to, to, with Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing. They're right beside each other in the standings. Are they about where you thought they might be, Jeff, or... Is there, is there something more out there on the table for both those organizations? No, I don't think they're where we thought they would be. I think Trackhouse has shown that they can be a contender. I, you know, you look at what Daniel Suarez did at Dover. Just take that as an example. Um, they didn't luck into that. They didn't run a fuel mileage race. They got up there and raced with everybody and showed everybody that they can be a contender, even though they're a first year team on the flip side of that, Alex Bubba Wallace scoring his very first top 15 of the season. And I think we all expected something better from that team. And again, it's hard to expect a lot from a first year team, but I think with the Alliance that they have with Joe Gibbs racing, Alex, did we expect more out of that team than what we've seen so far? I did. And I'll be the first to tell you with all the support that they've got from Toyota, from Joe Gibbs racing, and obviously all of the financial partners on board that car, it's, it's one of the most well-funded cars out there. And they say speed costs money. How fast do you want to go? Well, they got it. Uh, they've got everything. Bubba Wallace is a talented race car driver. Mike Wheeler, the crew chief is a cup series winning crew chief. They know what they're doing out there. And you're right. Coming into Dover, they were one of four teams that had not even had a top 15 finish. The other being Cody Ware, Quinn Howe, and Josh Balicki. On the flip side of that, I, I love what you said, Jeff, about Trackhouse Racing, Daniel Suarez and that team. To me, they're doing things in a progression. 
they didn't come in thumping the chest and expecting high things. They come in knowing that they were a good race team, but they also knew that they needed to take their lumps before they gradually climbed the ladder. And they're doing that right now. Uh, I like the position and the trajectory that track house is on right now. If I'm part of the 2311 bunch right now, I'm in that situation where it's like frustration setting in. They, they thought they should be, and everybody knows that they should be performing better, but they're just not. Let's finish up, guys, in the couple minutes we have left with a quick look at the other two national series on the Xfinity side. Austin Cedric, the defending champ, showing that he's going to be the guy to beat already three wins on the season, 62 points up on Daniel Hemrick in second place. A.J. Allmendinger, third in the playoff standings with a victory. Justin Allgaier, a couple of wins. Noah Gregson is getting all the big checks, but we still have a lot of shuffling to come in the Xfinity series, Jeff. Well, you got Harrison Burton that you didn't bring into the equation. I really like where the Xfinity series is right now. Um, yes, I would say at the moment that you have to look at Austin Cindric as the driver at the top, just based on performance and where they're at in, in the whole entire organization. They've got it going on, but there are a number of drivers. And I think going in this weekend, uh, it's just going to be fun to watch to see which driver comes out of there with this brand new trophy, I think you have to look at Cindric as being the odds on favorite junior motorsports as a whole has performed outstanding this year. Uh, I, I love college racing and where they're at, especially AJ Allmendinger. I, I think it's, it's AJ Allmendinger and Austin Cindric are the top two right now. Those would be the ones I think are the ones that are going to be fighting for the championship when it's all said and done in Phoenix, because uh, Allmendinger has shown that he can race on ovals. He used to have that road course stigma attached to him that that, that's all he can do. We're no longer. AJ is a threat every single track we go to now. Obviously, Austin Cindric is just immensely talented. I think Cindric wants to close out his Xfinity Series career on a high note and be back-to-back -back champion. We already know he's going full-time cup racing next year. But I think AJ Allmendinger is the one that's going to give him the biggest challenge. Double duty for AJ this coming weekend. In the Camping World Truck Series, we've got the Toyota Tundra 225 from Coda coming up at 1230 Eastern Time Saturday. John Hunter Nemechek tops the charts there, driving Kyle Busch's truck. Two wins for him. Ben Rhodes got two wins early, and the defending champ Sheldon Creed with a victory. Grant Enfinger still eighth in the points, and he's bouncing between a couple of different teams and hasn't run as many races as the rest, Jeff. Nobody gets up on the wheel like truck drivers do. I, I think we talk about that week in and week out. If you want to see 40 drivers just get together, beat and bang, they're not going to lift Alex. They are wide open all of the time. That is the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. It's going to continue. They do. And, and a lot of it's got to do with the young drivers out there. They don't know what they don't know, meaning they get in there and they go at it and they go at it hard and they go at it fast. I, I love that fact about this truck series. And that makes it difficult for some of the veterans out there. Yeah, Matt Crafton's had a nice start to the season, but not necessarily where he wants to be. And certainly Johnny Sauter. Uh, a former champion of the truck series. He's struggling right now. So I love what they're doing week in and week out. I don't expect anything different at, at Coda this weekend at Circuit of the Americas. I think this truck race coming up is going to be spectacular. Going to be a lot of fun to watch. Jeff, Alex, thanks for solving all the world's problems for us. And thanks for the visit, guys. We'll see you this weekend. All right, Woody. There you go. We'll take a quick time out here on uh, NASCAR Live and be right back. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. 
offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel. This show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Wheeland would like to congratulate Alex Bowman and his number 48 Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Dover International Speedway. They are the Wheeland pit crew of the week. Bowman credits his crew helping him win the battle off pit road, giving him the lead for good on Sunday afternoon. You know, if we don't beat the five off pit road, we probably don't don't beat them in the race. So, um, you know, I, I give them all the credit for, for the win there. I think without them, we wouldn't have gotten it done. So appreciate Greg and, and all those guys working so hard throughout the week to continue to, to get better. Um, and, and they've been super fast all year. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend will mark the first new track NASCAR has added to the schedule. Kurt Becker's here to go in-depth with some of the other first-time tracks NASCAR will be visiting. When the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series schedule was released, many around the sport were intrigued by the unique slate. The new schedule included the addition of new venues, configurations, surfaces, and even more importantly, an opportunity to gain a wider appeal for the sport. The headliner, of course, was the dirt surface on Bristol Motor Speedway back in March, the Cup Series' first race on dirt since 1970. Despite the rain delays, Bristol Dirt was a resounding success, already prompting NASCAR to return again in 2022. Responding to fan interest, the series added three new road courses to the season schedule, starting with the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas this weekend. The 3.41-mile road course has hosted Formula One and IndyCar races, among others, since its debut in 2012. Longtime Cup Series driver Kyle Busch is among those excited about the insertion of the new track in the Lone Star State. You know, you go to the same tracks all the time, and it gets a little uh, redundant, but um, you know, still, the, every time there's a repave at a place or whatever, I, I think I've won on five different variations of Bristol. I'm not sure what number we're up to now, but uh, there's been a few. So, uh, you know, to be able to come to a, a new track like this at, at Coda and to have the opportunity to kind of check it out. And I don't know how many guys have, have come out here. I know there's been a few guys that have run some track days here. So I'm sure there will be uh, guys that have run more laps than others for sure. And that experience level is just helpful to be able to get laps and to be able to understand, um, you know, some of the little tricks of the trade, if you will. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. And, you know, there's a lot of corners and straightaways to this place that kind of intermix some of the other places that we've been to. So um, it's a it's a full fledged uh, new enjoyable exercise that we're all going to go through when we get back. Racing returns to Music City next month as the NASCAR Cup Series races for the first time at Nashville Super Speedway. The series spent two and a half decades racing at the Fairground Speedway in Nashville, last appearing in 1984. A standing ovation from this sellout crowd at Nashville International Raceway for the first time in a year. Bud Moore's Wrangler Jeans Ford with Dale Earnhardt at the wheel will take the checkered flag and Earnhardt wins the Bush 420. Nashville Super Speedway 
Speedway track president Eric Moses and his team are hard at work making sure that the return to Middle Tennessee lives up to the standard of the past. The effort for myself and, and the team has been we have to introduce our organization, our venue, our vision and our values to Middle Tennessee and to the rest of the country as we bring this track back to life and rejuvenate it. The expectations of fans in 2021 will be somewhat different than they were in 2011 and certainly very different than 2001. So we are addressing those kinds of things. Just finished our fiber installation, working on our Wi-Fi installation, redoing the tower suites that we have, the track, obviously making certain that everything on the track is as it should be, including our apron and our uh, infield road course. So lots to do. If you left your house for 10 years unaccompanied and uh, didn't live in it, you'd have quite a few things you wanted to do before you invited your friends and family in, and, and we're addressing those kinds of things. The second of the new road courses on the Cup Series circuit this season is Road America. Replacing Chicagoland, Road America will host the Cup cars on 4th of July weekend after being a mainstay on the Xfinity Series schedule since 2010. This season's Daytona winners Michael McDowell and Christopher Bell will like their chances after winning on previous stops at the track. Christopher Bell's got the checkered flag waiting for him. Matt Benedetto slides off course in turn 14. Here comes Christopher Bell rocketing up the hill at the start-finish line. Checkered flag in the air and the C-Tech 180 belongs to Christopher Bell and Joe Gibbs Racing. The third and final road course edition will take place at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Following the Xfinity Series success from a year ago, the Cup drivers will trade the familiar oval for the famed road course configuration. Kevin Harvick, who has won the past two races at the Brickyard, has been a major supporter of NASCAR's willingness to break up the schedule monotony. I hope people understand the importance of, of mixing the schedule up, going to new racetracks, going to different areas, going to different markets. I just don't know that you need to keep going you know, to the to the same places. If you go somewhere and it's, you know, it's a great event, it's kind of like Coda. If we go there this year and it's a great event and, and you say next year we're going to go back to the, you know, the Texas Oval, I'd be perfectly fine with that. Or if we went somewhere else in, instead of Coda, um, you know, obviously it's probably going to be a great event and we'll probably go back there again. But my point is you don't have to go back. You don't have to go somewhere three or four or five years to, to kind of wear it out. Sometimes that, that one-off event is fun and exciting and, and new and intriguing and all those things together before you even get there. It doesn't even matter how the race is because it's a great event. An already exciting season of Cup Series action is only about to ramp up as we head to new locations and into the summer months. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, we'll talk racing at Coda and later NASCAR history. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to your host, Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It's the first time the NASCAR Cup Series is headed out to Austin, Texas to race Circuit of the Americas, or CODA for short. I've chatted with some of the drivers about what they're expecting, and here's what they had to say. First, let's get some numbers out of the way. The Echo Park Texas Grand Prix marks NASCAR's first visit to Coda. The track itself is a 20-turn, 3.41-mile course with some sharp turns and an elevation change of 133 feet. Former series champ Brad Kozlowski helped Goodyear test tires for this race. Turn one is designed as though a fan said, how can I have the most calamity in that corner on the start? 
It's uphill. It encourages a driver to try to outbreak another driver, which is big on a restart or a start because all the cars are already so close together. Kyle Busch has four road course victories in his cup career and got to see Coda in a Toyota street car. The S's at Sonoma that we have are very technical. You slow down, you speed up a little bit. They're kind of flowy. Like you got to do a couple different things in a couple of those different turns at Sonoma. And these ones here are the same way. Like the, the first S is okay, normal. The second S is a little bit tighter. The third S is even tighter yet. And then the fourth S is like a long sweeper to the right where you're trying to maintain your speed, you know? So it's, it's definitely the same, but different. I mean, it's just interesting. Um, the, the different corners and aspects of the track. His Joe Gibbs Racing teammate Christopher Bell won on the Daytona Road Course earlier this season and got on the track in a Trans Am car late last year. You obviously don't get any feel from my racing, right? Because it's all visual. Uh, so it, basically, I would just use that to get the visuals of the racetrack and know the the layout of the course and what corners come next. And then really the on-track stuff in the Trans Am car, that's when you focus on maximizing your braking points, your lifting points, your back to throttle. Um, so that will give me, give me a, I, I guess, a guideline going into the, uh, the Cup Series practice session that we get. But none of the brake points and the throttle points are going to relate from a Trans Am car to a Cup car. So uh, it's just about piecing all the pieces of the puzzle together from starting in iRacing, learning the visuals, then picking up my points in the Trans Am car, and now trying to apply all that and, and changing my points, but keeping the visuals and stuff in the Cup car. Ryan Blaney hasn't seen the course in person, so he's been on the Ford Performance Simulator and glad to have at least some track time before the green flag. I think the difficult thing is just, you know, we're not going to have much practice. You're not going to have a lot of time to run around the racetrack to kind of, as a driver, get mental notes on, okay, I got to break here. I got to turn in here, things like that. Those are huge, especially at road courses. Um, and you're not going to have a lot of time to kind of perfect that. And I think a lot of, you're going to be using a lot of the race to continue learning about the racetrack. Passing zones, you know, I feel like into one's pretty heavy braking. I feel like you can outbreak someone into one. Through the S's, I think you're going to be pretty single file. It's just really tight through there. The tight left-hander leading on to that long back straightaway, you're going to have a lot of outbreaking zones there. And then into the next left-hander, after the long straightaway, you're going to be able to outbreak someone there. It's going to be probably five or six passing zones, I feel like. You just try to be prepared as much as you can for it, from the sim to utilizing all the practice and then qualifying. You know, it's nice to have qualifying. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good racetrack. That's a beautiful facility. A.J. Allmendinger is one of NASCAR's best road racers and will run both the Xfinity and Cup Series races. He says 50 minutes of track time at Coda will fly by. It's going to be two, maybe three runs, like, at most, but you're not doing a lot of laps, so... To get out there, learn the racetrack, and then try to, at that point, also feel like, okay, this is what I need to go faster. Yeah, I mean, you're going to go out there, you're going to try to get a feel right away, and then you got to make a change, and next thing you know, practice is over. Chase Elliott represented the Chevrolet camp at that tire test, and he's won four of the last five road course races. The track's fun. Um, you know, it has a lot of character to it. I feel like it's really been a pretty steep learning curve for me, just trying to piece together all the different parts of the track. The Camping World Truck Series is also in Austin this weekend, and point leader John Hunter Nemechek got a first-hand look at the course with Kyle Busch. I feel like there's so many different corners here, super long straightaways, some tight corners, some long sweeping corners, uh, long 
longer than the ones that we're used to. The asphalt is definitely going to play a factor in the racing as well with tire fall off. All in all, nobody is really sure what to expect, but Chris Busher says that's what makes it fun. There's that little bit of fear that, yes, you could get wiped out by a dive bomb or um, or even somebody just getting wheel hop and, and trying to correct it and going down low in some exciting moments. And you heard John Hunter Nemechek there. Don't forget, we'll have live coverage of the Camping World Truck Series Toyota 225 from Circuit of the Americas coming up Saturday afternoon at 12.30 Eastern Time right here on the Motor Racing Network. Coming up, we've got This Week in NASCAR History. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. It's the Wompley Fast Lane Small Business Spotlight. Matt Tift drove in all three of NASCAR's premier series before health concerns cut short his promising race career. Determined not to let health interfere with his love of racing, Tift decided to form a team, partnering with NASCAR Cup Series driver B.J. McLeod to launch Live Fast Motorsports. You know, I went through several months in there that were, you know, one, I was dealing with the health problems, but two, um, kind of a dark space of I've worked my entire life to get here, and all of a sudden it's not... Um, all of a sudden it's it's gone. So I really worried about it because, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of NASCAR and NASCAR is, you know, my life, uh, my work life. And um, I love everything about racing. So, you know, my, my full investment in this sport is seeing the sport grow, seeing our team grow. And to have that opportunity as a team owner is so rewarding. I mean, this is, this is as big of a deal to me, if not bigger than being a driver. Wampley helps over a million small businesses thrive in a digital world. Learn more at wampley.com slash NASCAR. Now back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. All right, it's that time of the week again. Susie Armstrong is here with This Week in NASCAR History. Susie? Thanks, Woody. 1981. Following Bob Marley's untimely death in early May, Jamaican mourners converged in mass, paying their respects to the singer-songwriter in a full-blown state funeral near his birthplace of Nine Mile. CBS rode atop the ratings as J.R. Ewing and Miss Ellie schemed their way towards the season four finale of the primetime soap opera Dallas. And Jody Ridley was upstage for the final act in the first state, driving the Junie Don Levy Ford to his only career cup victory at Dover International Speedway. Jody Ridley takes a good line, brings it down to the bottom of the racetrack, comes out of the throttle a little bit, slows up as he comes off that fourth quarter. Harold Kinder with a checkered flag puts it on him and Jody Ridley wins his first Grand National Winston Cup race. The driver from Chatsworth, Georgia, who has won more than his share of sportsman races over the years down in the southeast, puts it in victory lane here this afternoon at the Mason Dixon 500. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? 2000, Russell Crowe locked swords and befriended fellow fighters in Ridley Scott's Oscar-winning historical drama, Gladiator. Carlos Santana set the mood for many a low-key gathering with the smooth guitar riffs of Maria Maria. And Dale Earnhardt Jr. grappled with the best of the best, with the rookie driving to the win in the no-points-all-money NASCAR All-Star Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The fans are going absolutely crazy. Dale Earnhardt Jr. comes to the checkered flag and wins the 2000 running of the Winston. He restarted in 10th position with eight laps to go. And the four fresh tires turned out to be the trick. He stormed through the field, passing Dale Jarrett, coming to the white flag to score the victory. 
2011. 21 was the magic number for 23-year-old singer-songwriter Adele as her second studio album offered up mega-hits like the dark bluesy Rolling in the Deep. The box office busting Hangover spawned a sequel with Phil, Stu, Alan, Chow, and a chain-smoking monkey searching Thailand for Teddy in part deux. Krimsvoten, Iceland's most active volcano, erupted with seven-mile-high plumes of ash and gas and triggered dozens of tremors throughout the island nation. And the ground was shaken in Charlotte as David Reagan took the checkers in the NASCAR showdown on his way to a top ten in the NASCAR All-Star Race. David Reagan, Brad Keselowski, Marcus Ambrose, the front three as they come back to turn three for the final time. David Reagan's lead, three car lengths off the corner. David Reagan started on the pole in the showdown, and he will win as he comes down to the line by about five car lengths over Brad Keselowski. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. That's a wrap on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. We also want to thank Kevin Harvick, the former champ, for joining us in his conversation with Mike Bagley a little bit earlier. Don't forget, Motor Racing Network coverage of the Camping World Truck Series comes your way Saturday afternoon at 1230 Eastern Time, the Toyota Tundra 225. Catch it right here on the Motor Racing Network. Until we see you again next week, I'm Woody Kane saying thanks for joining us on NASCAR Live. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.